Hello, and welcome back to the CEO Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and this is the number one podcast for small business owners to learn tips, techniques, and tools to leverage their personal brand and grow their business without paying a ton for ads. All right, guys, today I'm really, really excited for the show because I have a special guest on. I am always looking to provide the absolute best quality information for you because I know that you are trying to grow your business. You want to learn everything you can about how to do that and work harder, work smarter, not harder. And so I am always seeking for those guests who can do that for you. And this guest that I have today is Michelle Silers Tucker. And I wanted to have her on. Um, Her team reached out to me to be on the podcast, and I was really excited that they did because when I looked at what Michelle has done in her um, business and how she is helping other business owners move things forward and, and find the financial freedom that they want, I knew that I really, really wanted to have her on the show. And I think that just listening to her today will be very encouraging for those of you who are have started your business and are, are looking for direction. It will be very inspirational for those of you who've not quite started your business, but know that that's what you want to do. She provides amazing direction for that to help you create a solid foundation um, to actually Um, be able to profit on the back end of your business if that's what you want. But I want to share a little bit about her with you real quickly before we get into the interview. Michelle is the founder and CEO of Siler Tucker Incorporated. As a 20-year veteran in mergers and acquisitions, Michelle and her firm has sold over a thousand companies in almost every vertical. She owns and operates several successful companies and holds the following professional designations and certifications. Guys, Mergers and Acquisitions Master Intermediary, Certified Senior Business Analyst, Certified Mergers and Acquisitions Professional, Certified Business Broker, Panelist for M&A Source, a Keynote Speaker. Michelle is also a best-selling author of the book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. And guys, today she's going to be sharing some of her principles from her latest book, Exit Rich. It is now available and you will be able to get that in the show notes and make sure that you check those after you listen, of course. In addition to being featured in Inc., Forbes, and US Magazine, USA Magazine, Michelle makes regular radio um, appearance and TV appearances on Fox Business News and CNBC. She's spoken alongside many, many prominent speakers like Eric Trump, Kathy Ireland, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Donna Karen, Stedman Graham, Randy Zuckerberg, Steve Wozniak, and more. Michelle also shares her wealth of experience with prospective M&A advisors by conducting multiple training, mentoring, and partnering programs. Over the years, these programs have helped many individuals become successful M&A advisors and business brokers. I could go on and on. She's recognized as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. She sees opportunities where many are discouraged or have given up. Her passion is to save businesses that might otherwise close. By identifying and correcting the top mistake business owners make, Michelle will fine-tune a business into a well-oiled machine. Sometimes investing her own money to help owners build their business, Michelle's primary objective is to sell for huge profits. All right? She has an amazing track record and she's proven her dedication to her clients. And I just think she is just the perfect guest to have on the show. Guys, she has closed nearly 98% of all written offers and on average obtains 20 to 40% above asking price for her clients. Guys, this process that she's going to share with us here in her book today is something that you need to kind of pause this podcast right now, grab some pen and paper. And get ready to take down some of these tips. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this interview, guys. I cannot wait any longer. Welcome to the CEO Mindset Podcast. Whether you're the CEO of your life, your profession, or your business, it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and this podcast is the number one place to get tips and techniques for working smarter, not harder, using personal branding and authenticity. Now, hit the subscribe button, 
be prepared to leave a comment or review and let's get started with today's topic. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here today. Now, we just read all of your bio. We know how awesome you are, all of your accomplishments. You've been seen everywhere with everybody. So we know (laughs) that you are an authority on the subject that you'll be talking about. But tell us a little bit something about you that we may not know. Hmm. I have a 10-year-old daughter. I don't know. Did you know that? I did not know that. I actually have three daughters. So that puts us with something in common. You know how those girls can be. Very complicated. I always say my daughter is more complicated than any transaction I've ever done. I believe it because I've got three of them and it is I can imagine having three. A handful. Very complicated. No, I don't. My husband does because he's the one that deals with all the estrogen in the house. He must Listen. be a saint. <laughs> oh, he, he is. He really, really is. Listen, I don't want to hold you too long, but I do want to get into that mind of yours um, and help some of our listeners really understand how to start their businesses off in the right way so that they can end it. Um, and how do you say in your new book that we'll be talking about later and exit rich? Yep. Exit rich is right behind me in case we forget. well listen so the first question I have for you I want to dive right in is what are the top three to five things someone thinking about starting a business should consider if they're even if they don't have selling in mind so well first of all that's the biggest mistake right there Mm. to not have selling in mind nothing lasts forever what goes up must come down (laughs) so you know we don't last forever right And a business has a business cycle, just like a human has a life cycle. So a business has a life cycle, just like a human does. You go from the incubator to a newborn, to a toddler, from a toddler to a teenager, from a teenager to a young adult, adult, senior citizen and death. (laughs) So nothing lasts forever. Steve Forbes says eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. Steve Forbes endorsed my book, Exit Rich. The number one reason that businesses don't sell 80% is because business owners never think about their exit. They never think about selling their business until a catastrophic event has occurred, Mm. whether that's internal or external, internal being health issues, partners dispute, divorce, death. And the problem with that is, and COVID being external, you never want to try to sell your business when you're in the middle of, a catastrophic event occurring mm-hmm. because the business is going down, not up. Best time to sell your business is when your business is doing well, because that's going to how you're going to maximize value. So the problem is business owners don't think about selling. And then when they're ready to sell because something happened or they're burned out or they're like, I want I don't want to do this anymore. They haven't built a business that somebody actually wants to buy. Mm, so you really should always think about your exit from day one of planning or starting a business because even if you don't sell but you plan your business to sell and you follow what i call the stgps exit model in my book exit rich and you build your business to to operate on what we call the six p's guess what you're gonna have you're gonna have a sustainable business that's scalable and profitable. So when you are ready to sell, you have a sellable asset. I had a sweet little old lady call me not too long ago. Husband dropped out of a heart attack, left her with a mountain of debt. And by the way, she's in Dallas, left her with a mountain of debt. And she called me and said, I know nothing about the finances. I know nothing about the business. Can you help me sell it? And I said, of course, I'd love to. And so I started asking her all these questions. He had a contractor's business, construction business, no employees, no management team, all subcontractors, no processes, no procedures. Everything was in his head. So when he oh. died, the business died. This is why you should always think about your exit. This is why you should always have a succession plan, an exit plan for, if not for you, for your loved ones. Absolutely. That's incredible. I mean, I think, like you said, people just don't think about this going people into starting their business. A lot of times, especially with the small businesses and those listening to this podcast, they're starting from maybe habit. I mean, a hobby that they've, that they've enjoyed or, you know, out of circumstances where maybe they lost their job and they're sort of picking up on a skill set that they, that they have and they're trying to monetize. And so the, the thought initially is um, survival, really, yeah. you know? And I think what you're saying is important because we do have to start with the end in mind and understanding that whatever that end is, it is in your best interest to set yourself up with the right systems and processes that will be able to like kind of serve you well in the end, regardless of what you think you may do or may not do. And it also helps with your family, right? Like you said, this lady, she 
did not know. She did not know anything. And now here she is, you know, in her seventies with a mountain of debt and she might have to file bankruptcy because he did not set the business up for success to sell the business. So it could pay off the debt. So it could provide her an income for the rest of her life. Wow. You know, so and, and it's just crazy to me because your business is your most valuable asset. Mm. You know, we plan for everything else in our life, right? We have a financial planner. We have a portfolio. You have three girls, right? Are you, yes. did you plan where they're going to go to preschool? We do. To to we do. High school, college? <laughs> we have our last How many one going kids to are going to give you? Now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you plan for all that, but we don't plan for our business. It's crazy. So true. It's financial suicide. It's, it's like so people true. just don't think about it because they get so busy in the day to day. Entrepreneurs get so busy in the day to day and they get so busy, busy in the transactional. They don't, they don't think long-term. They don't, you know, nobody plans to fail, but they fail to plan. That's, That's true. That's true. And so your first piece of advice is really that not thinking about an exit strategy is the biggest mistake that you're making when you start. It is the biggest mistake because if you follow what I call in my book an exit rich, it's called the STGPS exit model. If you follow that, you don't have a plan. And then if you take it one step further and build your business on to function on, you need an infrastructure. Most business owners are like sales, 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 clients, clients, clients. So true. And then they get so many clients that their house starts to crumble around them because they don't have the infrastructure to service their clients. They provide horrible service. Their clients get upset. They go somewhere else, you know? So you really have to start your business with the, with the end in mind, ha have that GPS exit model and then build your business on what I call the six P's and make sure you have that solid infrastructure in place. Absolutely. I believe too, um, Michelle, that in doing that, that's why it's so important to really understand your, your own value system, who you are, because in setting those systems and processes up, it really does need to reflect what you can maintain, what you can sustain. If we're yeah. trying to do it other people's way, you're still building it on a house of cards. That's why it's important to have someone like you, um, personal branding coaches like me, to walk them through setting up those systems and processes in the beginning so that whatever happens in the end, they can exit rich. We'll go back to that in a minute. I want to move on to question number two, because I want to know about some of the top mistakes that, again, aside from not considering the exit strategy at the beginning, what else can you tell us beginners are are doing that are hindering the purchase in the end, right? Because if they well, didn't think about it, that's a problem. But then what, what are they doing now that, that could prevent them from being sold in the future? Well, the first mistake is not thinking about your exit and not planning your exit, not building a business that somebody actually wants to buy. The second mistake is business owners are the business. Mm -hmm. They have not really built a business. They built themselves a glorified job and wish they go to work to at every day versus a business that actually works for them. And if the business is dependent upon the owner, the business is not sellable. So that's a huge mistake. So the first P in, in exit rich is people. You don't build a business. Everybody talks about building a business, building a business. You don't build a business, you build people. That's right. People build a business. <laughs> and if you have a job, you have nothing to sell. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. So that's, that's, that's the, one of the biggest, 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 biggest mistakes is not having people. I think that we get so caught up in doing the business. Like you said, like we build a business, but we don't consider it needs to be duplicable. It needs they're to not be building something. a business. They're not building a business. They're building a job. They're building a job. They're building a so job. I mean, I got a pinto. I got a dentist that just called me. He wants to sell. He's been in business 45 years. One dentist, three dental hygienists. He's like, Michelle, I can't do it anymore because I said, there's no way we're going to sell your business because the minute you leave, the patients leave. Exactly. You're going to have to stay for two to three years. And he says to me, well, I can't, I can't do it. I'm burned out. I said, I'm sorry. You should have planned. You are, <laughs> you are, girl, if this was church, I would tell you to take up a text because this is so true people start these businesses and they are they're not really selling themselves i have a potential client coming up who is a doctor and i was talking to his he has a med spa also and the the lady that was working i had a, had a little system little something something done yesterday and i was talking to the person that was working with me and she asked me about this and i said people are not buying his practice people are not coming here because he's a doctor they're coming here because they like him as their doctor, because there are too many other people that do exactly what he does. The it's just like a hairdresser. Yeah, exactly. Like a You're not coming to get the haircut. I can get my haircut anywhere. You're coming for the person 
that is cutting your hair because you like them. You like the way they're doing it. You like what they're serving and the way they're serving it. So you're absolutely right. It's very important for you to be intentional mm-hmm. about building a business and having something worth selling in the end. And that's duplicable. I love that. That's awesome. So the first mistake is that you're not even thinking about the exit. The second mistake is that you're not thinking about um, the being able to duplicate it, being able to share it and, and, and operating as the person and not the business. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to move on because girl, you are busy and I know <laughs> <laughs> I am not trying to hold you back from your day. So listen, this is an important question because this next question, because as someone of personal color and knowing about some of the challenges that our, uh, our community faces. I know that there are a lot of people who just don't feel like the entrepreneurial journey is a fair one. Um, and some are starting at sub-zero levels. They're not even starting off at zero. Their families didn't have money. They didn't come from money. They didn't have an opportunity to go to college. They don't have examples in their family. Generationally, it's just not been there for them. What do you say to those people? What advice can you give the people um, in this in this demographic who who want to start a business but have a fear or have a sort of a an attitude of like it's just never going to work for them? What what can you say? So, first of all, you know, there's lots of business owners. One of the things that I love about what I do, I'm very passionate about what I do, is I love hearing the stories. I love hearing the stories of how somebody has an eighth grade education or a fourth grade education and they started a business out of their garage or a kitchen table or their pickup truck or they didn't even have a garage, you know, and they started a business and it's a multi-million dollar business. I'm selling a company right now that um, um, it, it is a person of color and they have an eighth grade education. They started the business out of their pickup truck. Their business grosses over $70 million now. Their EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, is $12 million. So what I have to say is don't focus on, you know, what, you, what you're not or what you don't have or the color or et cetera. Focus on what you know. Focus on your core competencies. Focus on your strengths. I mean, obviously, you have mm. strengths. This gentleman had huge strengths. He grew up, you know, um, very poor, grew up in a trailer, etc. But he didn't let that stop him. He said, I want out. I want a better life. You know, just because I was born this way doesn't mean I have to end up this way. Your past mm-hmm. doesn't define you. Your future defines you. And you are the star in your own movie. You are the producer of your own movie. So, you know, when I entered in this industry 20 something years ago, I walked in and I was the only female <laughs> and, and, and 3000, you know, white, bald-headed men. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that would scare a lot of people, right? That would scare a lot of women. That would intimidate a lot of women. And I just said, you know what? I know my strengths. I I know my worth. I know my core competencies. You also got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I love it. You know? That is so so good. And so that's what I did. And, you know, I I go to masterminds and stuff, and it's still so male-dominated, you know? Like, I go to different masterminds, and they always highlight the men's speakers, and they always highlight the men, and they always have pictures of the men. What the heck is a woman? Why are we not featured? Why aren't we highlighted, you know? And so I think it's, you know, I think it's good to work towards change and work towards, you know, mindset, et cetera. But I think at the end of the day, you have to own your power and you are the star of your movie. So yes, will it be harder for you? Yes, perhaps, but it's also going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better. You know, I always say, never ask, why did this happen to me? But ask, why did this happen for me? Awesome. Great advice. I, I think this is so true. And I, I definitely agree with you. Um, our circumstances, if we dwell on them, will prevent us from doing so many things. And it's, 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 it's definitely a mindset that you have to believe in yourself. It's really important for you to really know your value. And I think that's where what you're talking about, because so many people do get wrapped up in their circumstances and they say, well, you know, my grandmother didn't do it. My mother didn't do it. My grandmother didn't do it. My great grandmother couldn't do it. I can't do it. And that's not true. It really is the mindset that you 
you pick up and you say, you know what, they didn't do it, but I'm, a, I'm going to figure out a way. I am going to start and put one foot in front of the other and move in the direction that I want to go. Um, and like you said, oftentimes we're, we're the ones in the room, we are the minority in the room, be it a woman or be it a person of color. In the business world, oftentimes those communities are the minorities in the room. Yeah. You know, I have um, a, a man of color um, that's, that's looking at buying one of our companies and um, he was in banking for, for years. <laughs> He's never been an entrepreneur. He's never owned his own business. And I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and I said, how did you go from banking during COVID <laughs> and buy a business during COVID? And he's like, you know what? You only go, you live once. You either, you know, make it, you either really, really maximize the time that we have here as it's so short or you just let fear keep you down. Mm. And he's already bought his first business, been very successful. He's actually meeting us uh, next week in Texas to buy his second business. He's in Monaco. Oh, wow. what, I don't look at, you know, I don't look at that any differently. My seller's not looking at that any differently. You know, we're looking at his core competencies and his drive and his ambition. And, you know, my seller thinks I'm, I think and my seller's white and he thinks, I think he's a great fit. <laughs> I think he's perfect for this business. You know? So I think a lot of times we make things up in our head that's bigger. Than I was it should about be. to say, yeah, we have yeah. Our, lim our limiting beliefs right. and we allow those to snowball and get right. bigger than they actually are. Yeah. That's true. I, I would definitely agree with that. I also think though that, we have to, as minorities, be it women or people of color, um, we are going to have to sort of take those matters into our own hands and not think so much about the negative things. And like you said, really concentrate on our strengths and honing those strengths right. and operating within those strengths because you right. can create your own opportunity and you don't have to wait for someone to provide that opportunity to you. And I think that's a lot of the challenge with, um, minority businesses, whether it women or people of color, we sometimes allow our limiting beliefs to sort of cloud our vision of what really is mm -hmm. and what is really possible. Because if, if you can't find it where you're looking, you can create it yourself. Mm. You can go find it somewhere else. Maybe the problem isn't what you're looking at. It's just where you're looking is the problem. Yeah. Um, and so that really does come from. Within. And it's also really, you know, I always say it's, it's, what do they used to say is 20% skills and 80% attitude, you know, mm -hmm. attitude and faith. And, and Les Brown, you know, have you ever heard Les Brown? Yes. Speak? Yes. So yes. Les Brown gave me a, a glowing testimonial from my book, Exit Rich. He was actually on my podcast not that long ago and just loved him love him been following him for for decades and he said to me um well you know he was he was labeled mentally retarded uh -huh. by his teachers he's a twin and his brother was you know labeled intelligent 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 he was labeled Severely mentally retarded or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, educationally retarded. You know, I didn't even know that was, and I'm like looking at it and going, it's not mentally retarded, it's educationally, meaning that he can't learn. Educationally, mentally, yeah. educationally yeah. retarded. Oh, yeah, but okay. there's a yeah, different that, word. Yeah, that retarded it. word is just like, it's retarded. And they can't even say that anymore, retarded. right? We can't say that anymore, yeah. but yeah, that, and, that and his they teacher did that. told him that. And he hung, he hung on, to, well, he didn't hang on to that because luckily he, he had a mother, brown. luckily right. he had a mother that didn't even know what that meant because I'm like, oh my God, if somebody told me that about my child, I would lose it, you know, and, and I probably would wring her neck. <laughs> I'd probably be in jail for her. But anyway, but he said, he said, I said, what did your mom do? Because as a mother, I would never. And he goes, thank God that she didn't know what they even meant. She didn't know what it meant. <laughs> and he's, you know, because he was adopted. Mm. And um, he, you know, she was, he says, Michelle, you know, she didn't know what it meant. She didn't really have any education. And she worked many different jobs. But he, she always told him, you can be whatever you want to be. No, you don't let other words, other people's words determine who you are, what you are, your self, your self-worth, what you're going to be, etc. You are less brown. You be whatever you want to be. And then one teacher, one teacher kind of said, listen, you don't have to, because they were laughing at him at the board, at the chalkboard. And, and he said something to the fact that 
don't listen to them. It doesn't matter what they think about you. What matters is what you think, what you believe. Mm. And if you truly believe. And so Les Brown went on to be one of the world's renowned number one speakers. And it's so funny. Well, it's not funny, but he was speaking. This part's funny to me. He was speaking in an audience, huge audience. I think he told me like, I don't know, 10,000 people, maybe more. And he said he did a Q&A and this lady raised her hand and he's looking over there and he goes, miss. And I don't remember her name. It was his teacher <laughs> that labeled him retarded. And wow. she wrote a book about how I labeled this person retarded. <laughs> and he became the, you know, he's less frown. So I said, did he, she sell any books? <laughs> but, you know, that's a perfect example of not letting others words and what they think of you determine who you should be and you know thank god he didn't and i think you know so many people have so much negative talk and self-doubt that they talk to themselves i mean i've done that like i've been asked to speak at the MA conference where there's thousands and thousands of men and i'm like oh my gosh why am i doing this and i can listen to me da, 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 da. and i just tell myself all the reasons why i shouldn't do it and i have a friend of mine who's kind of a mentor and he's like here's all the reasons you should do it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And then when I got up there and then when I was, I got the applause and everything, I'm like, I can't believe I was ever second guessing myself. Yeah, I do that too. But, and I'll tell myself, well, just, you know, tomorrow, it'll be over tomorrow. Just get through it. It'll be over tomorrow yeah. and, and you'll be fine. And so you're right. These limiting beliefs are real. If you are yeah. listening to this and you are having those limiting beliefs, we are, here are two people who coach people for a living. We see it every day, all the time. And we go through it ourselves. It's a real thing. And what we're telling you is we're not minimizing it. We're just telling you, you kind of got to work through it because it is definitely something that happens, but it is just that it is a limiting belief. It is not real. It is a limiting belief and you right. are capable. I love that you gave that response and you're absolutely right. That's Les Brown story was the perfect example of allowing yourself to kind of move through and have your strength and and come out on the other side amazing. he's more successful than his twin brother right, who they we, labeled right. to be extremely intelligent he's much more successful so it, it's all about what you believe what you believe the mind, can, the mind yes. can achieve yeah yes so absolutely. when you get that negative self-talk you just really got to you got to remove, you got to, you got to like talk over it with positive affirmations like on the way to school every day i tell my daughter okay what are you you know, I am smart. Mm -hmm. I am blessed. <laughs> I am, you, know? you have to, you and, do yeah. have to do that to yourself because you know, the world coming in will tell you all kinds of negative things. Free people in your own family will tell you negative things. So you do oh, have to have that internal People in your own dialogue. family can be the worst. Right. But you know, your to teachers, have like Les mm -hmm. Brown, your teachers. And you know what I, and my daughter is, is like, I'm clumsy. I'm this, I'm like, you are not clumsy. Do not say you're a clumsy. Right. Yeah. I love that you gave that was an amazing answer to that question. I think that people will gain a lot from that because we do sort of swim around in our limiting beliefs and we, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. And that really did speak to that question. I appreciate that. So listen, moving on for the small business owner out there. And when I say small business, I'm talking about like solopreneurs, people who really don't have like they're just starting out possibly maybe they've been in business for a while and they're ready to scale something along those lines. Um, what types of milestones, you know, because we're looking to sell, right? We want to exit rich. What type of milestones should we be looking for um, so that we can gauge when it's the right time to make the next step in our business or to scale our business? So I'm going to take you back to the six P's. Okay, I'm ready. And the reason I'm my next question, you... one of my next questions is going to ask you what your favorite <laughs> P is. So yeah. don't tell us that yet. <laughs> okay. Well, it's kind of like saying, what's your favorite daughter? I know. I... <laughs> but, um, you know, I always tell business owners because it's when is the right time to scale? Well, you really got to start building your business. You got to, you got to not just focus on sales because every business owner focuses on sales, 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 sales. Great. You need sales. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to be sustainable and then be able to scale, you got to build the infrastructure, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like a house, right? You don't put the roof on first, right? You got to build the foundation. So same thing with a business. The first P is people. 
you gotta, you got, so entrepreneurs have to focus on their strengths. You really got to identify what your core competencies are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't even know that. Like they don't even know what they're good at. They don't even know what their strengths are. So you really got to, you really got to tune in and find out what are your biggest strengths? I had a hard time identifying well, what's my biggest strengths. And then I asked my friends and I started telling me, you know, that is a great way to find out. Yeah. For sure. And then I'll tell you your weaknesses too. So, so they say those a little louder. Don't you think? Sometimes? Uh, yeah. So you really gotta, you really gotta fine tune that and say, okay, what's my strengths? Focus on your strengths, higher weaknesses. Now, your entrepreneurs who are very small, solo, you know, solo entrepreneurs just starting out, they might say, well, gosh, I can't afford to hire somebody. Well, let me tell you, you can't afford not to. If you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. So if you really want to build a business, something that can be bigger, you know, something can serve a higher purpose, something that you can exit one day and support your family and not be like my sweet little lady whose husband left her with a pile of debt, you got to start here. This is, this is the starting block. This is block one, people. So if you can't afford to hire somebody, you might not be able to afford a W-2, but there are 1099s. Mm -hmm. You can get 1099. If you're around colleges, a lot of colleges require an internship before they can graduate, before the student can graduate. I'm in between four colleges. So we have a list of, of interns that want to be analysts, that want to do marketing, you know. Um, so we have a list <laughs> and we get interns in here. And so you can always figure out a way to start with one person, you know, rather that's a 1099, rather that's uh, an intern, et cetera. But you got to start building your team. You got to have the right people in the right spot. And I always say, take the who quiz. The who quiz is ask yourself who opens the doors, who does with customer service, who does with marketing, who does with accounting, who does with legal. And some of these things can be outsourced. Obviously, marketing can be outsourced, accounting, legal, you know, but some things can't be outsourced, right? Uh, manufacturing, transportation, you know, talking to clients, et cetera. You want to get to the place to where you assign a name to every who, and it should never be you. <laughs> I love that. So you need to be the one, the visionary, working on the business, not in the business. So this is where you want to get. This is a, a good milestone, a uh, good benchmark that you want to get to, to where you have people. You got to have the right people in the right spots. So many times business owners have people, but they have them in the wrong position. Just like as you have to identify your core strengths and your weaknesses, you need to identify their core strengths and weaknesses. They'll tell you everything's their strength. Right, <laughs> so right. You really got to get to the brass tacks and figure out what that is, right? So that's number one is people. You're not going to, it's going to be hard to do anything else if you're the one doing everything. That is so true. I mean, we so, could just park right there, Michelle, honestly, because that is so huge. I want you to keep going. I'm just saying, if we were mm -hmm. to park somewhere, we could talk on this for the rest of the so day. So that's another piece. So let's not park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to keep going. <laughs> but that's where that's where yeah. we could park if we wanted to. That's where we could that park. is huge. That's huge. And that's that's number one. Like I said, you don't build a business. You build people and people build a business. And, you know, there, there's. Otherwise, you just have a job. And you know what? That's okay, too. I, I don't want somebody listening thinking that I'm, you know, putting somebody down because they created a business and they are the business. Because if that provides you financial freedom, if it gives you a better quality of life because you can have flexibility and spend more time with your children and that's all you want, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you truly want to build a business, these are the building blocks. I love it. Yeah. Right? So number two is product. Mm-hmm. And this is, too, where a lot of people make a mistake. Now, I can talk about this two ways. Number one is startups, you know, because I, I know you said you have some a lot of startups, right? Right. So in my book, I talk about the seven types of businesses that you can own. One of the biggest types is what I call the dreamer business. Mm -hmm. The dreamer business is where you go open up a coffee shop with five other coffee shops on the same street. <laughs> Are you going to open an ice cream store with, you know, 20 ice cream stores in the same block? Mm -hmm. And that's the dreamer business because they think, oh, I'll build it and they will come like Field of Dreams, a movie. Well, that's not happening. Okay. So if you are going to start a business, be unique, have something different, solve a problem, be the solution. Don't just open up another coffee shop or another dry cleaner or another. And if you are, do your due diligence and make sure 
what the competition landscape looks like because the street cannot support five ice cream stores, you know? So you really got to do your research. Now, if you're already in business, then you have to ask this question. Is my product, my industry, my service on the way up or on the way out? Is it thriving or is it dying? Mm. Do I have an Amazon or do I have a Blockbuster? Mm. And because of COVID, there are a lot of industries that were really thriving, like hospitality, that's now dying because of COVID. So if, you're, if your business is, if you're in a dying industry right now, that doesn't mean that you just pack up, go home and, you know, call into a fetal position. <laughs> what that really means is that you got to pivot. That's another P, pivot. And ask yourself these transformational questions. And this is what um, Amazon did back in the 90s. Ask yourself, what business am I in? Amazon did that. What business am I in? They said, oh, we're in the book sale business. We sell books. Then you need to ask yourself, what do we do better? What do we do better than anybody else? Amazon said, we do fulfillment better mm. than anybody else. We're really good at that. That's our core competency. Every company should really have their core. And then they ask themselves, what business should we be in? And they said, we should be in a fulfillment business. We, why are we just selling books? We could fulfill products for everybody everywhere around the world. Those three transformational questions. Now, this is going from transactional to transformation. You don't grow through transactional. You don't grow by right. being in a day-to-day. And so those three questions really, you know, is what transformed Amazon from a bookseller, small bookseller, to a multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate that they are today. So a lot of times it's hard for owners to ask themselves that question. They really need an outsider's perspective, maybe your mm -hmm. perspective, maybe my perspective, because when you're in your fog, it's foggy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's hard to see things clearly. So product is huge. Also, the other advice I give on product is don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, these, these poor restaurants, I feel so bad for these poor restaurants because these restaurant owners, because they have all their bags and all their eggs in this one restaurant basket, and they only have maybe a month to three months of working capital. Mm. You got to diversify. You know, mm -hmm. I have multiple businesses. I'm in medical. I'm in graphics. I'm in technology. I own different companies. You know, so if one company doesn't do well, I'm still making money on this company over here. Plus, I have investments. So you, you got to get there. You know, I'm not saying... Look, Rome wasn't built in a day. So, but these are these are the foundational pieces the that foundation. you're talking about, right? Yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then the Great. third P is processes, and that's that's how you scale. But here's the problem with processes: most business owners don't think it's kind of like exit strategy. You don't think about exit strategy or processes until something happens. You're like, oh, I need a process for that. So you really, you know, McDonald's, McDonald brothers started McDonald's back in, uh, in the forties, forties, fifties. And they said, we're going to create a fast food restaurant and we're going to design it. The process is around the customer experience. So they said, well, what do we want the customers to experience? We want them to experience great tasting food that's hot and fast. They never said we want it to be organic. <laughs> they never said we want to be healthy for you. That's you know, true. That was their experience, which, and they never said we're going to have superior customer service because they really don't. You know, Chick-fil-A does, McDonald's, you know, it's, it's sketchy, right? <laughs> and some do, some don't. But anyway, uh, the other day I got the best McDonald's customer service person to hand me my food ever. And I gave her like a $20 tip because <laughs> you know? I'm like, she's the best I've ever seen. Wow. So, because probably her attitude, right? Her attitude. It's all about attitude. So anyway, you, um, you can eat at McDonald's anywhere in the world and get the same experience. You know you're going to get good tasting food. It's going to be hot and it's going to be fast, right? Now, they didn't say the order is always going to be right. <laughs> I always say drive <laughs> off before you check your order. Yeah, right. But anyway, so a lot of business owners get this wrong. They design the processes based upon their own agenda. Let me give you an example. Chiropractors. I'm not picking on chiropractors because my husband is one and we own multidisciplinary clinics. So chiropractors, they're notorious for having hours Monday, 9 to 12. We come back at 3 and then we're there till 5. And we do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, Tuesday, we're there 2 to 4. <laughs> Did they base that, that process on the, on the customer's on the client? No, they based it on their own agenda. So you want to design your processes with the customer experience in mind, because if you don't create happy customers, happy clients, 
raving fans, then your competitor will. So and that's what true. Zappos' motto was. Zappos was their whole their whole experience was happiness. Our employees are happy, which therefore our customers are happy. If you have an unhappy employee that's dealing with customer service, you're gonna have unhappy customers. Mm-hmm. You know, so your so your processes have to be designed with the customer experience in mind, not based upon your own agenda, and they need to be productive, efficient, and you need to have policies and procedure manuals. You need to have SOP checklists, just like McDonald's does. You know, they can replace somebody like that. They can look at the SOP checklist and know what to do very quickly. And you need to have employee handbooks, you know, non-competes, et cetera. That's when you're starting to build your business. So that's processes. The next P, if you're ready, if we have time. I'm ready um, because you're already answering number six. You're telling us about the book. So yeah, keep going. I'm ready. I've got one question after this, but go ahead. (laughs) The next P is proprietary. So proprietary is the number one value driver. You will get a higher multiple on your business if you build these proprietary assets. So I would say, you know, you're going to ask me what my favorite P is, but you can't do anything without people. You will never get a high price without proprietary. Mm. So number one, there's six pillars to proprietary. Number one is patrons. I'm sorry. Number one is branding. I was thinking about the other P. Number one is branding. The more well-branded your company is, the more I can sell it for, as long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Is anybody paying any money for Blockbuster? Mm-hmm. No. The number one brand in the world, the most valuable brand in the world, do you know who? I would say Google. You're close. Apple. Mm. Google's in the top 10, but Apple. Apple's worth $249 billion. Well, they come out with the phone every other week. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I have the Apple <laughs> iPad, Apple Bolt. I have like 12 iPads in here. The first time I heard about the iPad, I'm like, that's the most stupid thing I've ever heard of. I would never use that. Why would you have carry around an iPad? It's not a laptop. And now I, I don't like laptops. I only use iPads. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, so Apple's worth $249 billion. That's not assets, inventory, real estate, Cash flow, anything. That's just a brand. So build your brand. Trademarks are huge. Trademark your company name. Now, here's a mistake that all of your listeners really need to listen to. Because mm. most people get this wrong. You start a business in, let's say Texas. You're in Texas. You start a business in Texas. You go get uh, a trademark in Texas, right? To make sure you can use that name. And make sure nobody else has it. But then you never check the federal database. To make sure it's available federally. So what can happen is you can be in business for several years and all of a sudden receive a cease and desist letter in the mail that states you have to stop using that company name because somebody else owns it. Mm. Now you can fight it. You can hire an attorney. You know, you can spend a lot of money. You'll probably lose (laughs) in all likelihood and you have to start all over. So Mm. if you really plan on building a business, make sure you check the name in the federal database. Everybody goes and checks GoDaddy. Because they want to make sure they can get the domain. Mm-hmm. But then they never take it one step. Look, this happened to me. I have the business doctors. I paid, I don't know, quite a bit of money for that. And we were using it. And all of a sudden, we received a letter that says, you can't use that. Oh, like, wow. oh, you know what? I don't even care because I just use it as my series LLC for all of my other companies in Delaware. So, all right. But it happened to me. So you got to make sure that you just don't go get that domain in GoDaddy. You also check that federal database because you don't want to put a lot of money behind what you think is a great name and you can't really use it. Because somebody else thought it was a great name too. Exactly. And so it costs $1,500 to $2,000 to do that. So not just your company name, but also your podcast. Exit Rich, I went and registered. I got the ST6Ps trademarked. I got um, the STGPS exit model trademarked. So just make sure you protect your IP. If you've got any, you know, let's say you got a, a chef on the phone. There's a chef and they're starting a cooking company and they got some, you know, recipes and stuff. They need to have trademarks for those dishes. Mm. Make sure they're federal trademarks. Okay. So this, this, these are synergies that will um, give you a higher multiple. It can take you from a five multiple of EBITDA to a 10 multiple. Um, and then patents. If you got anyone, any of your listeners that have anything that's unique, get it patented. If you want Shark Tank, first thing every single shark always asks, do you have a patent on that? Do you have a patent pending? You know, some patents are valuable. 
contracts mm-hmm. are extremely valuable. Manufacturing contracts, distribution contracts, uh, vendor contracts, franchisors that have franchisees. The most valuable contracts of all are your client contracts. Mm-hmm. Because buyers want to buy a business that has money coming in, especially reoccurring. So if any of your listeners can get a reoccurring revenue in, that's a higher multiple. If you can get a subscription model, mm-hmm. that's a high, mm-hmm. like, let's say you have a consulting business and you have a monthly mentors program and it's a subscription model. Let's say you're charging, you know, 25 bucks a month and you got 500 people doing that. That's extremely valuable. Okay. The other thing that's valuable in a proprietary celebrity endorsements we have a client we're working with that has Oprah has endorsed their products. So a competitor and a strategic was going to pay more money for that Oprah endorsement than anything else because they're like, oh, well, Oprah knows these products. And I can maybe get my products in front of Oprah and mm-hmm. maybe she'll endorse my products. You follow me? Yes. Same thing with radio endorsements, like radio personalities. You know, whoever you like on the radio, I don't know who you listen to. Kid Craddock, you know, is really big in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. They only endorse one diet company or one skincare company or one online education because they'll lose credibility if they they endorse more than one vertical at a time. Right. So it's hard to get those placements. If somebody has that placement and they keep paying for that every month, you can't bump them off. They have Mm -hmm. to actually stop paying. Right. That's true. Yeah. And and so then the other one is for any e-commerce businesses or any of your listeners that are thinking about selling online. If you can get any of the number one spots on Etsy, like let's say you make mask, (laughs) you got the number one spot on Etsy, you know, or number one on Wayfair or number one on Amazon. Those are all huge value drivers. Okay. Huge, huge, huge databases. I forgot to tell you about databases. You got to have a CRM. Can't do everything on paper. Have your clients. If they can be repurposed and retargeted, we can sell your business for more money. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. WhatsApp was making how much money? Not only were they making zero money, but they were hemorrhaging. But they had a synergy. Their synergy was they had a billion users. So it's all about the synergies. You have to build the synergies. You have to build your proprietary assets. And then... um, so the last, the fifth P is patrons. I said patrons earlier. Patrons is your customer database. Most businesses follow the 80-20 rule. 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of their clients. Mm-hmm, but then true. if you lose a few clients, you can literally be out of business. We're selling a media company in a $10 million range. And this media company have five clients. Only five. But because they service casinos, they have five of the largest casinos. Oh. But they lost two while we were trying to sell them dropped their EBITDA and their revenues in half. And they couldn't cut any cost because they still had to keep their marketing talent, you know, mm-hmm. the, their marketers because they had the other three casinos they had to service. So we ended up having to um, merge them with another media company. Wow. The six P, the most important P to all of your listeners is profits. Nobody's in business to lose money. But I'm here to tell you that lack of profits is never the problem. It's always the symptom of not operating mm-hmm. on one of the other five P's. Clients come to me all the time and say, Michelle, I have a profit problem. I'm like, no, you have a people problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you have a process issue. It's not, if you don't have profits, it's because you're, you don't have the right people, you don't, you're not in the right product, right industry, you know, your process is not productive and efficient, you haven't protected your IP, or you have customer concentration instead of customer diversification. It is never the problem. Money is never the problem. It's like in marriage. Money is never the problem. It's always a symptom. <laughs> it's a symptom. Yeah. Yeah. Money is not awesome. the problem. And marriage is a symptom of your beliefs around mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. in a marriage. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is amazing information. And I love your piece. I think I have a similar. It's so funny. Um, when we started this process of having you on the show, you know, I saw that you had these six P's. Um, to sell your business for a huge profit. And I thought, you know what? She's my girl because I've got some peas myself. And I was listening to yours just now. And I was like, yep, yep, I've got some of those. Yep, yep. I had 10 peas. Um, but yeah, some of your six are in my in my 10. I had I had like eight or nine peas, but I, I, I shortened it to six peas because. Really, they all know, kind I call, of fit. I call it like the six cylinders mm-hmm. of a car. 
<laughs> you know, if you want to keep your engine running, right. you need to run on all six cylinders. If you want to keep your business running, you got to run on all six cylinders. The seventh P I would tell you that you need to have is, is passion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the seventh P. The eighth P is, is pivot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. the pandemic there's another piece yeah. for you P- pivot, is very, pivot is very yeah. real yes very real i'm so excited that you were on the show with me today michelle i'm not going to hold you any longer but i do want to have i do want to know from you i call my podcast the ceo podcast for a reason because i believe that as entrepreneurs especially just starting out and not really understanding the the inner workings of entrepreneurship that well you are a pro like you are everywhere you know what you're doing so you don't need this because you already understand this but i just believe that it's important for us to consistently be evolving and being open to failing forward i think so many people are afraid of the fail Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, from experience, you've been in business for a long time, that the quicker we get to that fail, the faster we get to that success. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to know from you, what are your thoughts on the CEO mindset? What do you think that means? Well, I think, you know, I, I like your failing forward because I always say the same thing. You know, if you're not failing, you're not trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and life is too short not to try. Life is too short to just be mediocre and sit on TV and watch watch Oprah all day. I love Oprah, but you know, life is too short to do all that. Right. So I think, you know, the mindset of a CEO is, um, should be, you know, I would say always align yourself with an expert, a mentor, somebody who's been down the road you want to travel because yes, fell forward, but why not learn from somebody else's mistakes? Why, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, there's not a lot of unique ideas anymore. (laughs) I mean, maybe there is, but you know, even if you have a unique idea, get somebody, you know, why do you think Shark Tank is there? Because these people have already been down these roads, right? Like Damon John has already been down that road. Right. You know, Lori's already been that road. Barbara Corkin has already been down that road. So align yourself with a mentor who's already traveled the road you want to travel and they will shorten your learning curve dramatically. They will shorten your, your path to success dramatically. Stop asking people for their opinion who have never done it before. Great advice. Great advice. You know, don't listen. Don't ask because here's the bottom line. Everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got a you know what. <laughs> so don't ask them for their opinion because if they've never done it before, why do you care? You want to talk to people who have actually done it. You know, I always say your network equals your net worth. Mm. You want to be successful, you hang out with successful people. You want to be rich, you hang out with rich people. You want to be broke, you hang out with broke people. Positive, you you hang out with positive people. Toxic, you hang out with toxic people. You know, your environment is based on, you know, you need to hang around what you want to accomplish. So if you want to be successful, you want to be a successful entrepreneur, join a successful entrepreneur club, you know? have experts around you. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And let me Um, tell you something. Successful entrepreneurs like to help other people, entrepreneurs become successful. The more successful they are, the more time they have to, to get to give and to help, you know? That's so true. And they recognize it in someone else who is really in it for the long haul. Like, it's, it's so easy to tell when you go in to help people and mm. they always have an excuse for why they didn't, you know, do something or why they weren't, you know, at that thing or doing that thing, that, that advice you gave them. And so it's easy to tell when you're on a path to success, you want to be on the path of other people. And you're right. You want to pull people up with you. Yeah. Um, but and you I always to let say, go of those hands that don't want to don't want to do it. And I always say, get rid of your big butt. Mm. I'll do this, but I don't have enough money. Right, right. I'll start my business, but I don't have enough time. I'll mm-hmm. get rid of your big butt, you know? Just say, I'm going to do this now. I'll say that literally and figuratively for me. I'm going to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so, I'm so happy that you were on the show. I think you have given you. us amazing information. Can I tell I everybody mean, where they get the book? I'm not even done. I was going to ask oh, you, girl. I was going to okay. ask. I wanted to thank you and give you all of your praises first. Thank and then I was going to say. Well, some people want to like just end and everybody. No, like, we're here for Exit Rich. And I wanted to hear all about those peas. And now I want you to tell us, I know we are able to get um, early purchases. We can, you know, we can go ahead and do that. Pre-order the book, mm-hmm. but tell us where it is. 
tell us how we can get it. Give us all the things so we can, uh-huh. we can get this book and get these pieces for ourselves. So I want to give you a little bit of history about the book really quickly. Sure, so, absolutely. Sharon Lecter is my co-author. I've, I've written probably about 95% of the book. Uh, Sharon Lecter is my co-author. This is my third book. But she has she wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. Everybody's mm-hmm. heard of Rich Dad Poor Dad. She mm-hmm. is a New York Times bestselling author five different times. She's also written several books in the Napoleon Hill Foundation. She is a CPA, a financial literacy expert, and the, the advisor to many different presidents, including President Obama. Mm-hmm. Was the advisor. So she writes the mentor's corner after each chapter from her perspective of being a CPA and financial literacy expert. Exit Rich was also endorsed by Steve Forbes, who says Exit Rich is a gold mine for all entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs leave too much money on the table. Then we also have the original Shark on Shark Tank, which is Kevin Harrington, wrote the foreword for Exit Rich. Plus we have Les Brown, gave us a glowing testimonial. Uh, Brian Tracy, Tom Hawkins, Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, Mark Victor Hansen. And so we have some beautiful testimonials. You can, the book will be out in June, but you can go to exitrichbook.com, purchase a book today for only $24.79, and everybody can afford $24.79. It's almost a cup of coffee from Starbucks is the rate we're going. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, and McDonald's used to be cheap, but now when I go there with my daughter, it's like 25 bucks. I'm like, 25 bucks. What did I yeah. buy? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. For $24.79, you buy Exit Rich. We'll email the digital download so you can start reading it today. You don't have to wait. Then we'll ship the hardcover to anybody, to anyone who lives in the United States, to your doorstep. Outside of the United States, of course, is extra shipping. Plus, we give you a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club. Oh. So that means we have video content of me doing training. So if you like what you hear here, there's more of that at the Exit Book Club, plus, most importantly, is documents. Documents to run your business, documents to sell your business. So if you, you know, a lot of clients come to me and say, well, Michelle, I don't even know what a non-compete looks like, or an organizational chart, or an employee handbook, or a policy and procedure manual. We have all of that there. Nice. We have all those documents, plus documents to sell your business, sample letter of intent, sample purchase agreement, sample due diligence checklist, sample closing docs. These documents are worth over $30,000 if you went to an attorney to try to recreate them. They're there for your review and your download. So all your startup entrepreneurs who don't have these documents should be getting extra rich. So not only do you read extra rich and follow the principles, but you have the documents. That's awesome. For $24.79, you can't beat that with a stick. But wait, there's more because we also give them a 30-day membership in the club CEOs, which is a like-minded entrepreneurship mastermind that I created where we ask those transformational questions. We do hot seats, you know, Q&As, et cetera, to help business owners build that sustainable business that's scalable. And when wow. they're ready, sellable. All for $24.79. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. We will have all of that information. At least we'll have the link to the book and and all of those great things. I think you guys sent me that information and we will have that in the show notes so that everyone can get that for themselves and get access to that amazing content. Because I'm telling you, I know lawyers and I know people who have gone through all of those documents that you just mentioned. And it is thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, I'm probably being conservative with 30,000. I mean, it could be as high as Yeah, it is, because, it is tens of thousands mm-hmm. worth of dollars. I mean, um, I know attorneys are charged by the word. Right, right, right. <laughs> so to have that access, to have that accessible to you yeah. for your business growth is like, that's amazing. So we definitely want you to grab those links and get that book 24.79 or 24 what did you say $25 you can't you can't you can't beat that with the stick guys you can't go anywhere and get a meal for that these days like she said McDonald's even and this is just the whole foundation to really getting your ducks in a row so you know you, you don't wind up the statistics you have that business that is really throwing off revenue for you and your family and when you say hey I don't want to do this anymore great you got a sellable asset your listeners can and you can exit rich here's the main reason that people are like well michelle how did you come up with that title and my publisher you know sent us all these different titles and they were i didn't like them and one was exit on top i'm like exit on top what does that even mean (laughs) and then i go so many people are exiting poor 
why don't we call it Exit Rich? And the publishing company is like, oh, that's a great name. I'm like, great. Then, then pay me for that. Because <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> you guys are supposed to come up with a name, not me. But anyway, um, also your listeners can text Michelle to 888-526-5750. And all of my websites will pop up because all of the websites, sellertucker.com, plus all of our social media so they can follow me on social media. Plus they can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. We'll put all that in our show notes because we want them to have access to you as soon as possible. I really appreciate you, Michelle Seiler Tucker, for being on the podcast today. You Thank performed, you. Um, you, you provided us with amazing information for our businesses, whether you're a think up, a startup or a scale up. The information Michelle provided today was fantastic and it will help you to grow your business, to operate more efficiently and effectively in your business and really be the success that you want to be. So if you have not already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast because it is always going to have great information like this and people like Michelle, amazing people like Michelle on the podcast. So you want to be here to hear all of that, especially if you are a think up, a startup or a scale up, because this is the number one place for you guys to hear about how you can consistently evolve and be open to failing forward. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again, Michelle, for being on the podcast. Guys, we'll be back next week. I have fun. Are you tired of the pay to play mentality of social media? Do you struggle with understanding exactly what to say in your social media posts? What about the path to your financial freedom? Does that look bleak for you right now? You don't have to be in this position. The Be You Boss Squad is an amazing opportunity to be around like-minded women who want to grow their businesses and providing excellent encouragement, inspiration, and motivation to help you do so. Take a look at my website, andreapatrick.com forward slash B-U dash boss dash squad to learn more about my membership program where we have mastermind like conversations and opportunities to help you grow your business. So get off the hamster wheel, guys. Let me teach you how to put the BU in your business. Visit my website, andreapatrick.com forward slash BU dash boss dash squad right now and apply today to become a member and let's grow your business. Remember, whether you're the CEO of your life, profession or business, it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals. Now let's connect outside of this podcast. Join me in the show notes where you'll find all of my social media profile information. Be sure to follow, like, and comment and engage with me outside of this podcast. I look forward to you being with me again next week. Go out there and get your CEO mindset on.